podcast of Theater Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Hey, Matt, you're the only motherfucker in the city who can handle me. Ryan, New York isn't New York without you. I took yours. I took your lyric. <laughs> um, uh, we, because uh, while there are many great lyrics and moments on um, Mass Seduction, the the uh, 2017 album from St. Vincent, um, we're, we're going to gravitate towards that one, right? That is an album. That's a line with quite a lot of weight, um, you know, both both because of the motherfucker and because of how it lands in the song. But, um, hey, it's a it's a piano ballad at the geometric center of the album who could be involved it's you know mr jack antonoff and it's it's you know that there's a little less jack antonoff than you would expect um even on that song um because it, it is it is a pal, uh, piano ballad right in the middle of the album. There's a few other piano ballads, but um, and and I think when I first listened to this album, um, when it came out uh, a few months ago, um, I was very. This was you know um, this came out kind of after Lord, uh, b- between Lord and um, Taylor Swift, uh, as in terms of the big high profile Jack Antonoff. Um, productions from from this year um and and i think at that time i was you know a little burned out reaching antonoff fatigue um and so gave this a listen um the morning that it came out and uh along with uh tft punk's correspondent rachel d and we were both like oh there's a a little too much um of a little too much jack here um and then i think that we we had a few opportunities would you call it uh, would you call it jack and clark (laughs) <laughs> I, I i might uh i might why well, I, I might i might do that um uh, and 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 i think though when you listen to listen to it some more and listen back to um the saint vincent discography there's there's more continuity than i think i um first uh recognized and there's actually no no shortage of kind of ballads and kind of these kind of composed more orchestral songs um, on um, the earlier St. Vincent albums, especially the ones around kind of um, like actor and, um, and strange mercy have, have a fair amount of that. Um, And, and it's a little bit less on um, the 2014 album, the self-titled album, St. Vincent. Um, But it's, uh, you know that this is a, a cool little record, right? That there's a lot of it, um, there are a lot of interesting ideas. Um, it's it's a very um, it, there, there's definitely a very strong visual style. Um, some very strong um, artistic choices that are both have both continuity and difference. Um, and it's uh, and and it's definitely grown on me and kind of washed away some of my um, Antonov skepticism. I mean, how did you you know uh, how how did you react to this album? <laughs> Um, as you've as you've listened to this, it. this was the least Antinovian of the kind of the yeah. Antinovian trio that that we've done, and I, I sort of attribute it to. Uh, I attribute it to Annie Clark being a very sort of strong and fully formed and kind of mature artist, right? Like more so than Lord, who is only on her second album, though, though I adore her and I think she's a, a talent for the ages. Um, and certainly more so than, than Taylor Swift, which she only produced half of and, and, you know, uh, where she is, her, her talent is sometimes one of ventriloquism rather than one of, of what we might call authenticity or, you know, um, uh, uniqueness. Uh, the, so yeah, and it's it's a little bit. I don't know. A lot of the a lot of the Antinovian 
moves on it were were a little muted. My my main reference to this was to uh was to like actually some of the stuff that we have been talking about as 90s albums in mm. recent historical quarters. Like we'll get into it, but there is a I feel like there's a 9-inch nails uh moment at least in terms of like the the rhythmic beat. I feel like there is a Madonna's Ray of Light moment. Mm. You remember that? Mm. Remember that yeah. record when she like reinvented her Oh, yeah. It's like a vaguely Indian uh, electronica artist because electronica yeah. used to be a thing. And that was like, I feel like that. And that's like, I, I hear these. There's, like, the opening track has a little bit of an Alanis um, vibe. Uh, well, that's the was, one. That's the had, one. Had tip to had tip to TFT punk correspondent, Rachel D, who pointed that out earlier today. Right. And, and like, that's the one. There's this like static snare drum that reminds me of the, the snare drum on Closer uh, yeah. in, in the uh, in the early, like the early part of that of that track in the same way that's like, <clears throat> you know on on closer and so i was uh you know i i just was put in mind like so i i guess i was kind of primed to like it because it was like referring to materials the kind of the dark materials of my adolescence and and um and you know music music that i love um not which is absolutely not, not to not to compare her to the big t Right. But, <laughs> but she actually has, I, did I mention on last week's podcast that I went to three Tori Amos shows on consecutive nights at the Ace Hotel? I don't think you did mention that. In Los Angeles. I can't believe I, I managed to do a TFT podcast episode without, uh, without mentioning that I went to three consecutive Tori Amos shows on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night at the Ace Hotel, a small venue, 1600 seat. Uh, venue and one of them i i sat in row a so that there was nothing preventing my very special communication uh that tori and i have um i i don't like to talk about it you know because i feel like that cheapens it a little bit but it's it's just you know among friends i feel like i can i can share it and uh and actually even even the people i were with uh i were with I were with a number of people. Uh, even even my companions at that at that show who had the seats next to me said to me afterwards, "She was staring at you the whole time," <laughs> and I'm gonna pretend that they weren't trolling me. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> pretend that they actually meant that sincerely, which they certainly did. Certainly did not. But like, there's actually a little bit of that in in this record as well, a little bit of a Tory thing. And, and in, in the sense that each song is stylistically kind of different, right? Mm. There isn't, there isn't sort of a consistency of sound. There isn't a kind of like genre drone, right? That, that covers the whole thing. Everything. It's, it's almost more like, uh, um, it's almost more like a compilation, you know, hmm. that, uh, but it's, but it's an album. It's not, it's not a compilation. It's an album, but it kind of has the flavor of a compilation. And so like, it really kind of sustains interest. And, uh, even on like, you know, I don't know what you do, but as sometimes when we're preparing for these, I listen to the record on Spotify and I just put the, the whole album on repeat. So I will oh, listen yeah. to an album like three or four times in a row. And this yep. was one where like I could recognize, uh, when you went 
went from, you know, uh, uh, what is the last lyric? This isn't the end. This isn't the end. This isn't the end. This isn't the end. Right. I could recognize when you went from the last track to the first track, but I didn't feel this sense of, of exhaustion and kind of like, okay, here we go again. Right. I didn't feel that on, on this record. I kind of like the, the, the nine inch nails slash Alanis, uh, first track, um, ramped up and i was like oh yeah we're we're doing this again all right yeah Yeah. i'm i'm down uh was it i mean was it a similar thing for you on i mean on listens subsequent to your antinovian fatigue first listen um yeah definitely i was i was noticing that uh that today and it is it, it is an album that definitely is very well sequenced and paced it's it's short you know not quite as short as last week's uh milano um right 25 minutes plus a sax solo um, you know, this is a little longer, but it, it feels pretty short and you just get a sense of the sequence and terrain of the album pretty quickly. And I think that the distinct kind of genre studies do that. Um, and, and I think that, you know, there are kind of there is a kind of beginning, middle and end. Um, I mean, there are definitely elements, you know, especially after the opener, which kind of builds a mood and sets a stage, you know, that you even have I mean, pills. Uh, Pills feels kind of like a song, a musical theater song a little bit with the intro um, and the and the intro and chorus um, feels like a a kind of, um, you know, a, a, a kind of weird, you know, retro futurist um, dystopian musical. Right. Um, about, you know, a, a, a kind of heavily sedated future. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and 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 you, there are definitely a few that have these kind of very strong like a very strong kind of theatricality in addition to these kind of, um, you know, strong kind of um, genre or sonic identities. I think, and then with that, I think, you know, in addition to kind of sonically kind of connecting to a number of pieces of the 90s, I think sonically and especially kind of performatively, I think it also reaches to a number of kind of strong performers um, of the um, of the 80s as well. Uh, And and, uh, I think notably, and I kind of noticed this today as I was listening to um, some like the elements of pills and um, elements of mass seduction itself is that there's a fair amount of prints on this album um, in, I mean, some of, in some places musically um, and in some places just in kind of the kind of persona and performativity. Um, And then there's a fair amount of Bowie as well. Um, And then I think a third, and this is actually a collaborator of, um, of Andy Clark's. um, There was a joint album that that she did a few years ago with David Byrne. And I think there's a bit of kind of David Byrne there and, and in all of these, and you know, I've seen, I've seen St. Vincent live a few times, um, did not get to see her on this most recent tour, but definitely, you know, there is a very, um, you know, that, you know, there's a very kind of um, detached stage persona, um, you know, the kind of glazed eyes, kind of um, somewhat robotic movements that have been used in prior, um, prior tours. I know this tour, she does, it's actually a very interestingly structured live show in which the first third or so third or half is kind of um kind of greatest hits from across her um whole catalog and then the and then and then she launches into a start to finish she like there there's like an interstitial music a costume change and then she plays this album start to finish um and so the the fact that you know that is and that's like a relatively 
you know, you, you get that treatment for, you know, anniversaries of classic albums. Um, but it's I, relatively rarer to see that kind of start to finish treatment when something is released itself. Right. So it's kind of treating it as um, as a piece. And I, and I think that we're both kind of fa- finding that it um, held up as such. Right. And so um, give Mass Seduction a, um, a spin or two um, if you haven't gotten a chance to do so. Um, it's definitely, um, you know, it's been around for a few months and it's cropping back up. It's kind of performing well in um, year end lists. You know, the the year end top 10, top 20, top 50 lists um, are making the rounds. It's kind of uh, in aggregators in the aggregator list from album of the year um, dot com or dot org and um, Metacritic um, is is clocking in around fifth. So it's a it's a um, really um, kind of critically, uh, critically lauded album of the year um, and absolutely worth a listen. So um, give Mass Seduction a listen and meet us back here after this word from our commercial sponsors. I was on mute. (laughs) I'm leaving that in. Here's the commercial. Are you trying to get from Los Angeles to New York? Uh, I am. I am. I have to get away from these fires. <laughs> yeah, really? Boy, howdy. Well, why not try Virgin America? Yeah, that's that's an airline. <laughs> it's a Virgin America airline, and it's a special because just like the vanishing uh, charm of both New York and Los Angeles, Virgin America is going away on April 25th. Wait, so you're selling me a product that's not going to exist in you like three months? You actually can't get it very much longer. We're creating scarcity. You know what this is? It's a Virgin America drop. This is a Virgin America pop-up. You can only get seats on Virgin America through April 25th, at which point all flights from Virgin and Alaska will be booked through Alaska airlines which has no charm whatsoever well in that case uh just tell me where to stand in line because i stand in line for pop-ups um you know i don't necessarily need to travel or anything but i'm i I am in for some scarcity oh boy i've got some lines for you you're going to be standing in line at the ticket counter you're going to be standing in line at the tsa you're going to be standing in line at the airsats food truck that they have parked in the terminal where alaska air Airlines departs from. You're going to be standing in line to get on the plane. You're going to be standing in line to get off the plane. You're going to be standing in line to get your bags. And you're going to be standing in line for the air train to Long Island Railroad, to the subway, to wherever you're going in New York. Oh. Lines to wake, lines to sleep, lines, lines, lines every day of the week. You're the uh, only motherfucker. <laughs> you're the only motherfucker who can stand air travel. Wow. Thanks, Virgin, for uh, slash Alaska. Virgin, you can only get it for a little while longer. And we're back. <laughs> Matt, I have a question. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's your question, Ryan? Is, is St. Vincent a pop artist? 
I was one, I was wondering if this would come up. Like, what what genre is this record? And I think the the uh, I think the answer is a qualified yes, right? Mm. The thing that I yeah, were, were, interesting, were, very interesting. Were you surprised by that? I'm always surprised. I'm always surprised by everything on this podcast. I expect I I, I unexpect the unexpected. <laughs> Uh, I think she is a pop artist in that uh, the way in which she's not a pop artist in that is that this music is not as popular as say Taylor Swift as you know you know as I I have tickets to see uh, Lord at Staples Center where the Lakers play (laughs) next March Um, you know where I will be you know probably like five or six acres from Lord. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and the uh, you know there will be five or six acres of of screaming adolescents of of these fucking teenagers in uh, in between in between me and Lord, but uh, um, so it's not. I mean, it's not on that level. I I mean, I guess the the description that I keep wanting to bring up is chamber pop. You know, mm. um, yeah. but but not I mean, but less annoying than Sufjan Stevens. Right. Like, <laughs> I guess I guess maybe like everyone calls calls St. Vincent. I feel like this description of her as the female Bowie because of her stylistic, because of her inventiveness, her uh, musical skill, her um you know, uh, uh, performative and kind of theatrical qualities like, but maybe, uh, maybe it's more accurate to call her the non annoying Sufjan Stevens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that that's very interesting. Um, it, it, <laughs> and, and, and so you feel like that is still there on, on this album. Cause I, I think that certainly that's been, um, how I, I I kind of thought of her first three albums, which really had this like you know Berkeley College of Music grad, but um with, with a kind of increasing um you know central kind of guitar heroics and kind of composition, um and then I feel like there have been you know kind of increasing experimentation with kind of standalone pop songs or kind of things that depart from the chambery ness that leave the chamber behind a little bit um, on, um, I think, especially kind of percolating up on, um, I think, uh, on Actor um, and and Strange Mercy. And then St. Vincent itself, the self-titled album, had more departures, right? There's very little chamber pop on um, Birth in Reverse, right? Um, And so do you feel like this is a return to the chamber um, or uh, the, the chamber with a twist? Yeah, it's a it's a different I mean it's a different chamber. I would say that like it's it's the chamber in the sense that this feels to me like this feels to me like a uh it's either pop with an art music vocabulary or art music with a pop vocabulary, mm. right? Like it's mm. it's pop that's not referenced to folk music, it's referenced to art music, right? It's almost more a song cycle than yeah. it is a you know, than it is like uh uh straight up pop record. 
you know, yep. meant for meant for kind of like mindless popcorn consumption in the way that, you know, a lot of top 40 uh, is meant for just sort of mindless, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, honestly, the other songs, right? Like Taylor Swift songs are pills, 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 you know, like uh, Ariana Grande songs are pills, 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 you know, Selena Gomez songs, Demi Lovato songs, they are the pills, 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 right? This is the... <laughs> they're, they're jagged little pills, 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 right? <laughs> Um, and that like there there is a sense in which uh those those songs are meant to anesthetize you right and that 's yeah. sort of the opposite of what's what 's happening. I feel like the the project here is to kind of awaken your perceptions right and to kind of let you see um, sort of let you see what 's going on you know right and i mean i think it's it is interesting so so what is so what is um, what is Saint Vincent trying to wake us up to? <laughs> what are we? Uh, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting, right? Because I, I know we can turn this, but there there are several things. Um, it, it makes it a very 2017 album in, in several ways, right? If um, 2016 was that year of Prague R and B, I do think that um, you know that that this. Um, the 20, 2017 has a few currents, but this kind of art pop is one of them, um, you know, and this kind of art music meeting pop music. I mean, we talked about it a few weeks ago um, with Bjork as well. Um, and, 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 and there's been a few other currents um, and then kind of, you know, the, the preponderance of, of albums that are kind of about the times that we live in. Right. Um, and I, and I think that this has um, elements of, of both. Um, and I think you're right that, that there is, I mean, right. Once there are, you know, there are songs about kind of pills. There are songs, um, a number of songs about kind of these, uh, you know, about kind of intimacy and desire, right? Um, and and about um, and, and about places, right? And about uh, that are kind of somewhat you know, skeptical or jaundiced views of places and, and how they change. Right. Um, and so that there's definitely a world that is being kind of built or, or kind of, um, criticized and it's definitely a little less specific, right. Um, you know, there's a continuum of, um, you know, albums about the times in which we live that range from, I guess the Juliana Hatfield album, um, Pussycat, right. Which is entirely about Trump, right. Uh, and is, is, you know, a set of, of kind of, um, you know, uh, really songs that are exactly about, uh, about, about Trump and they're kind of, you know, protest songs and, and kind of satirical songs about Trump, you know, the, um, you know, through albums like the priest's album. Yeah. Nothing feels not really exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and this is, I don't know. I mean, where would you, uh, I don't even know if if, if nothing feels natural. I mean, that's up on a pretty far end of the continuum because it's about kind of some of these structural conditions. But where do you, um, you know, place um, mass seduction, or is it kind of on a you know a different axis? Um, I feel like it's. I mean, it it depends how much you believe that the personal is political, right? Mm-hmm. Because the the this is a more personal album, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's not really an album about the the condition of the world uh, or about other people. It's it's an album that's kind of a journey into an individual's experience, right? And that mm-hmm. that like. Um, that accounts for a lot of its idiosyncrasy, um, and that accounts for, uh, 
uh, that accounts for a lot of its potentially alienating aspects. But like the the um, you know, so it's it's a little bit. It's rather than kind of look outward, this album looks inward, and it's it's uh, hmm. so it's kind of like it's it's a related but but orthogonal or skew sort of axis hmm. that is uh, uh, to the to the like political axis that that you're identifying on which uh, falls Julianne Hatfield's. Um, you know, uh, Julian Hatfield's great man theory, or, or I guess like ungreat man theory of history, right? Uh, right the, 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 ti- the tiny hands, the tiny hands theory of history, basically, right? <laughs> right, uh, exactly. Well, I, I the invisible, the invisible tiny hands of the market. Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. Um, that would be the like Juliana Hatfield. Uh, that's the the intersection between Juliana Hatfield and kind of the priest album, basically, right? right. Um, uh, I, you know, I think that this idea of this being personal is is and kind of focused on this journey inward, um, as you put it, is really interesting because at the same time, I do feel like there is a world that's interfaced here, and it is a world that is. It is like ours, but a kind of hyper real version. And I, I think about the color palette of the album of, of these kind of the bright neons, the reds, the yellows, the blues, the pinks, um, the leopard and, prince. And I, like, the leopard prince um that that there is a there's definitely and and like especially and I, I again when i hear the pills i feel like it's i mean again for me it like the pills 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 is like the it's like the on track to a kind of guys and dolls like world right like you know that the, the most stage productions of guys and dolls have this set that is this very brightly colored kind of broadway you know new york of the um what for kind of uh, 40s, 50s, or, or earlier, I guess. I'm, I'm trying to think when that's set. Maybe 20s. But you know, this kind of very active, kinetic um, th- thing. And there's, you know, there's some very early Guys and Dolls song where you know that are, uh, you know, everyone's bustling around this city. And I do have that. I mean, I, that's the energy I get with pills, pills, pills. Um, but it's interesting because you know that you know taking a pill or right? you know you say that this is like this album is a journey inward right that's what a pill does right <laughs> right is is that a pill is a thing that comes from society and it comes from the out, out outside world and and enters you right and 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 changes you right and and so that there is a sense of you know on the one hand you know pills are common right and i think part of the you know pills 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 is um is not just that you know the um, the singer has a ton of pills, but I think everyone has a ton of pills. So I, I think that that there and and so there is a common co- connection. And even though a lot of that journey is personal, um, it is connected. And and I think that's there, right? And and so it is kind of this inter- intersection of the self and society. And I think the city songs, um, New York and um, Los Angeles, kind of do that as well, right? That's another place, um, you know, cities and kind of moving through a city is another place on this kind of boundary between the self and and society um and so it is um it is primarily uh, inward looking but it's about you know in part some how some of these external forces are acting um are acting on the individual you know i was relating i was thinking about this precise thing today as i was taking a, a you know longish bike ride through the 80 degree weather uh, that we have in los angeles right now and uh in the middle of december and listening to this this record on my my 
Bluetooth workout headphones. And uh, and actually, it's a pretty good cadence for pedaling on a lot of ah. these songs. Different gear settings, like because there's some that are a little faster, some that are a little slower. Some are more kind of like steady cross-country kind of cadences. Some are more sprints and things like that. But like, de- good bicycling record. Got to tell you. And I was thinking, because, you know, Los Angeles came up and that's where we were. And then the, the New York song is like clearly like a big and important song um yeah. uh you know conceptually on on the record and i was thinking about remember remember when we used to be a, a teen soap opera podcast remember those days yes. i mean everything I everything is different and in, in a way we've lost our innocence and and yet we've gained something in the meantime sure. um since the days that we were a teen soap opera podcast well we developed a theory of sort of identity uh that where identity was a, no, a negotiation between individual assertion and mm. uh, social uh, ratification. Yeah. Right. That like there is a there is a sort of interpretive community that ratifies the the parameters of identif- and identity and ratifies particular individuals in particular identities. Right. Uh, and then there there are individuals who sort of uh, egged on by, you know, what we assume is, you know, a um a uh, kind of inner light or a sort of sense of of who they are, but in reality is probably a lot more complicated than that. Uh, make assertions about about their their identity. And I sort of thought about the identity of cities and and the identity mm. of cities as like the sum total of the experiences people have mm. in cities, but the way in which there are interpretive communities that kind of ratify or nullify certain certain of those. Experiences experiences right like uh uh saint vincent's new york is very different from uh from uh enter the 30s at wu-tang 36 chambers right like uh yeah, yeah, yeah. right she's when she says that there's so few of us left on aster it's it's not like welcome to the land of shaolin right and yet those are both new york you know yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. i think they're different they're different interpretive communities that's actually a very easy example of like of how of how interpretive communities have the authority to um to kind of define the range to sort of to to sort of build the wall so that you can say that certain interpretations are off the wall, right? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but like the the way her her Los Angeles and her um, her New York are a Los Angeles and a New York of a particular set and of a particular kind of individual experience, and like the way that those. So I was starting to think of the 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 ways in which those things are constructed, right? And like in in Los Angeles, she talks about how the mothers milk their young, right? Like yeah. the idea that like child stars like are the breadwinners for families and and uh, other you know um, unnatural reversals like that, mm-hmm. and then. And mm-hmm. like, but then in New York, she's a little bit like, uh, you know, if I go Hollywood, um, you you sort of have to understand. You have to sympathize with me, right? Um, uh, let me look at the, uh, um, let me look at the the lyrics. Uh, yeah, yeah. If I trade our hood for some Hollywood, if I trade our hood, yeah, yeah. There you go. 
yeah, you're the only motherfucker in the city who would uh, forgive me. Right. I mean, I think there's a few things here. I think the other element of this, right, in addition to being these kind of interpretive communities of the city, it's also dynamic, right? And there's a sense of time in both of these, right? In um, in in uh, New York is about kind of a reminiscence of of the city and a community that was there at the time, right? Um, but it's right because it's it starts right off, right? New York isn't New York without you, love, right? And and so that is exactly that, right? Um, is that these things are? It's 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 a this combination of of a set of people in a place at a specific time, right? And so even like First Avenue. Um, 8th Avenue, Astor mean different things at different times, right? It means something different now than it did um, than it did uh, 10 years ago than it did um, 40 years ago. Sure. Right? Um, there, I, was so, reading, I was reading an article. I, I think it was a, a Louis Menand article about Joan Didion that was a review of a biography of her um, from several years ago. And it was, uh, he, he talked about the village as, as a place that draws in immigrants uh, who then like a year later come complain about how great the place right. used to be. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that the village has, has been that for a while. And so there's these kind of shifting boundaries. I mean, in that way, you know, in, in thinking about, Oh, for a hundred nat- years, for a cent, for a century or more. Well, and, and I think that that idea is, is I, I have another kind of read of the um, of the refrain that you mentioned of like, you know, I, I imagine, um, you know, because when I think of Manhattan and kind of waves of, of um, arrivals to Manhattan, um, I you know, you think about I think about the earliest one. Right. And these kind of stories about kind of the Dutch, you know, trading um, for a very small amount um, for the island. Right. And so even just like the line, if I trade our hood for some Hollywood, right? Um, and, and that even though it's about kind of moving and kind of abandoning New York, um, th- th- there's also the idea of, of selling out, right? Of selling out the city um, and of actually like trading it and like, and, and, and actually exchanging it. That's um, funny. Like I, I, away, right? I sort of see that from the, from the Dutch pers- perspective. I want to put, uh, put like uh, umlauts over everything. Like if I trade, if I trade our hued for some, some, for some, for some, you know, wooded island, right? Like uh, heavily forested Manhattan back in those days, you know. Uh, if I trade our hued, right. if I trade our hued for some some lovely woods, you're the only muther fucker. <laughs> Uh, yes, New Amsterdam is in New Amsterdam without you, Peter Stuyvesant. <laughs> right? um, yeah, but I mean, right? That's that's uh, you know, I don't know. That's it's sort of interesting. I feel like we haven't cashed out everything on on pills, but we seem to be here in the in the um, uh, in the New York Los Angeles dynamic. So, uh, so Ryan, I have a question. Yeah, go this, for it. This Saint Vincent is yeah. is she the Lana Del Rey of the village? <laughs> the Lana Del Rey of of where? Of, of the West Village. Um no. <laughs> I guess um, if only because there are too few of the old crew left on Aster. The Lana de, Del Rey of the village. I mean, I think this is very interesting because, you know, that that it's hard for me to think of like so 
this is a very interesting idea because Lana Del Rey tends to, um, even when she kind of sings about Hollywood, kind of in, inhabits the idea of Hollywood rather than the place of Hollywood. Um, and so I, I guess there is a, a, a sense of whether you know, you know, part of this question is, is she, is St. Vincent, um, occupying this kind of notional village? Um, and, and I guess, or, and, and is, are you kind of, I guess the other way in which this is, I mean, this is interesting, right? I, I mean, I think about it's, it's, it's a hard, it's, it's actually a hard comparison to make because, the the Lana Del Rey there there are very different things at at play and I'm trying to think about how to um uh how to, how to articulate them um sure because- I guess I mean I guess I was sort of think I was sort of thinking about the um I, I was sort of thinking about the Lana Del Rey move uh of m- m- making making hollywood stand in for a kind of almost like almost gothic you know crumbling crumbling grandeur uh mm. you know and and the idea that like at the at the moment it's um you know it's still sort of wealthy it's still compelling there's still a lot of stuff going on uh but it's this uh it's this sort of facade right it's like uh it's like a movie set where the where the the exteriors are all built but there's nothing but plywood on the inside and it's like decrepit and like rat infested and and you know vines and moss growing on it and kind of falling apart and that's that like that's that's part of the aesthetic of of the kind of the lana del rey hollywood and the idea of like new york being this this sort of lost paradise right in the same way that like in the same way that like your youth is kind yeah. of a lost a lost paradise and maybe yeah. that's more what's going on here yeah i think it's it's it is a little bit of that i mean i guess so right another way to put the question is like does she pull alana del rey on new york yeah that's right that's that's really what i mean um and and i do think that it is um it is kind of about a a kind of um, I, I think there is an element of that, but it is, and I think this is really interesting, right? And I guess part of why we went to this from um, Pills is because this is part of this sort of trajectory inward. Um, and, and I think that, um, right, kind of just shortly after that, kind of um, the, or no, actually, it's it's actually just before um, New York, um, we get happy birthday, Johnny, which I think is actually even, even as much or, or even a, a notch more than, um, New York kind of sets this up, um, and is about this kind of very specific relationship that's set, um, in New York, right? Re- the remember one summer we walked in Times Square, I showed you the zombies with a hundred inch stairs. Um, you took a bick, set your hotel on fire. We took the blame, took the bags to the train. Um, right. And that, that there is this sense of, and it's also kind of very much, like remembering this person and this place. Um, and it's, it's actually even much more kind of, um, wistful. And I think that this is one where, um, right. That, that, I, you know, as songs that are kind of, um, 
you know, as kind of personal, right? That, that you know, this actually says right near the end, um, you know, Johnny, um, you know, the you know says, um, you know. But if only they knew the real version of me, only you know the secrets, the swamp, and the fear. What happened to blood, to our family? Annie, how could you do this to me? Um, and just this move, um, and, you know, my ears perked up, right? You know, because, you know, Annie Clark, you know, has performed as St. Vincent, right? And it's this kind of performative identity. And so this this kind of addressing herself um, is, it, it, like, it because it happens so often, right? And because the St. Vincent persona is so constructed, um, and is so, so performed that then kind of St. Vincent saying her birth name, right, is, you know, uh, is, you know, it's like, um, right, like, you know, right, there's, there's no Annie, there's only Zul and St. Vincent, right, um, and, and so that, that it's, it's like very, there's something very striking about it, right, and it's, and that Annie is, the person that uh, that is is kind of in that way i guess annie and johnny are kind of very tied to new york here right and so if there is a thing that is kind of created as this image or this kind of you know um this is this, this symbol um i think it is kind of new york as ex- accessing this um this time and kind of set of relationships if that makes sense yeah um who is speaking in that verse, right? Like that's, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I was I I, I I tripped over it as I read it because it's it's interesting. Who, uh, do you have a do you have a do you have a take on it? No, not not. I mean, not totally. It's either like, can you imagine? Can you imagine a conversation between like uh, between Annie Clark and her sort of stage persona, her recording yeah. stage persona, Saint Vincent? Um, Right. Well, it could be, yeah, it could be that, and it's you know, it reminds me actually. Again, we talked about David Byrne earlier, but there's a very well known. I think it was like part of a promotional video for um, the Stop Making Sense film, where David Byrne interviews himself um, and, uh, and using very kind of rudimentary video uh, technology to go back and forth. And I think it's a lot like that, right? The kind of conversation between. Um, uh, uh, between Annie Clark and um, St. Vincent is kind of like being between two burns, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, you know, one of the promo things that they did for this album was a set of Instagram interviews um, that uh, Annie Clark recorded that were, I guess, written by Carrie Brownstein. And they oh, were, yeah. they were like, they were scripted to be like uh, a, like a satire of an inane Rolling Stone type, you know, spin magazine or billboard right. type uh, artist profile. So not right. a rev- not a review or not like an analysis of the music, but like, you know, St. Vincent and I met up for cappuccinos on Astor <laughs> <laughs> on Astor Place. Oh, Rolling Stone writer, she said to me, "You're the only motherfucker in the city who can handle me." I was immediately 
put in mind, you know, the way she, those delicate wrists, you know what I mean? Like, and all this stuff, like, what is it like to, uh, what is it like to perform a show in high heels? You know what I mean? Like, and all the kind of the, the, uh, music industry sexism and all the, the sort of stuff. And, uh, it's, it's a great, I mean, it's a great thing and it's sort of repurposed again, uh, like, uh, it's repurposed as kind of a piece of alienating performance art or a satirical, I guess, um, performance art uh i mean i guess satire is already is always already alienating unless you're in on the the joke unless you already unless you are not susceptible to this satire (laughs) (laughs) in which case it just it you know just sort of confirms your point of view and strengthens you in it um that you know that this was a uh that that this was a thing but like the the um you know, I don't know, like the, the sense it's a, um, yeah, this, I mean, this is a song sort of about losing a friend to a heroin addiction a little bit mm-hmm. and that like, um, and that like, so there, there are, I think that the, the calling out to herself, like Annie, how mm. could you do this to me is a little, I mean, I think it's overdetermined and I think it's, it's, uh, there's a lot, there's just a lot of, of threads that, that converge there right yeah. like because one um you know when you when you see friends go through this stuff and you can't save them you feel guilty especially if it's someone that you were close to because you always could have and you always feel like you should have done more um also like in in the very beginning of the song she's like remember one christmas i gave you jim carroll intended it as a cautionary tale um so there's this like uh uh you know there's this like figure who was a heroin addict and like um you know was was at once like uh lionized and and sort of admired and also sort of a cautionary tale right like also was like a counterexample right. um to what you should be so she's feeling like guilty a little bit there's there's some sort of there's some sort of blame and i i also wonder like if it isn't like on some sort of meta level like Annie, how could you pull me off my saint vincent game right like mm-hmm. i was just i was doing a great i was doing a great mm-hmm. you know I, Listen, yeah. you should see what I got teed up in two tracks about New York and like gentrification and about uh 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 time and and place and community, right? Like uh what why why are you pulling me off my game like this? Um it's uh you know and that I think so there's and then it's like the uh you know the the imagined the kind of the fantasized blame coming from her friend Johnny um you know as though it were as though it were her fault. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's very interesting, this kind of, um, breaking down. I mean, right. So it's kind of breaking the fourth wall of the album a little bit, like, or not exactly the fourth wall, but it's like, it is a, a little bit of, um, that it, that it is, it, it's it's like a moment in a play where the if, if the actor were to just start like talking to themselves like you know if you in the middle of a play start be like matt come on matt <laughs> matt pull it together po- yeah exactly <laughs> right we're, we're supposed to do that positive self-talk right like uh matt there are a lot of motherfuckers in the city who can handle you you are. You may be supposed to do that, but not in the middle of the show, <laughs> right? Um, and and that that it is this kind of a and especially 
you know, and it's very interesting, right? And coming after kind of St. Vincent, um, the St. Vincent album, where she kind of performed and really inhabited this kind of idea and persona, um, then then this is very, very different, right? Um and is is a uh, is is kind of a, a departure, and it is it's interesting because a number of the other songs on the album, um, some that we've talked about, um, are kind of less kind of personalized in this way. You know, pills, mass seduction, sugar boy, um, and uh, and and savior are all more uh, like within the kind of Saint Vincent persona. But then there's these kind of cracks in the persona that are, I think, really interesting. Right. And, and, and so that it's and and they're in the ways in which kind of place and history and memory kind of intersect with this kind of constructed identity. Right. And so this this kind of. Um, you know, you know the the you know if if you were to ask is Saint Vincent for real, the answer is yes and yes, right? Um, and and yet that there is you know both the artifice is real because it's been inhabited for a while and is constructed. Um, it is this kind of um, considered kind of um, artistic identity that is a vehicle for these ideas. Um, and now it's you know that that it it is also at the same time kind of fracturing. Um, and there's a kind of deliberate um, fracture. Right. And in some ways, right, it's, you know, I'm, I'm now actually thinking of the um, the Death Cab album we, we talked about a few years ago of Kintsugi. And this is a non-Kintsugi'd um, St. Vincent, right? That the St. Vincent vase is cracking um, and it's not being painted over with gold, right? Which is kind of what Kintsugi is, right? And so that it, rather it's kind of the cracked vase is suspending in air, right? And and you kind of see uh, and, and you see those those layers and i think that that's um or they or they are like kind of just sitting on top of each other and there's there's friction or something right there's you know however you want to say that that there's a small amount of displacement right and i think that that is this kind of very interesting thing on how um that there's a kind of a bit more shifting of perspective and and as we're saying kind of place and memory and identity are a lot of what's um doing that work i don't know are there directions in either of these types of songs um that were other kind of things that you kind of noticed or, or jumped out at you pills to podcast pills to podcast pills 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 every podcast 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 um yeah i well can, can we go back to pills do you yeah, mind of course. a little yeah, bit yeah. as one of the as one of the firmly as one of the solidly the pre-fractured saint vincent yeah, yeah, yeah. uh songs right like what 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 do you what do you uh, think of the critique, the social critique offered in this song? Do you feel um, like Do you feel like it's particularly profound <laughs> the social critique offered in this song? No, it, I mean, if anything, it's more profound as a critique of critiquing pills, right? <laughs> like, um, you know, that that it is because it, it feels and I guess this was one of the things that made me in my first listen. Um, you know, I heard the first song. I'm like, OK. And then this comes in and I'm like, are you for real? <laughs> like, uh, right. Because it just is like, guys, 
pills. They're shoving pills down our throat. I'm like, man, I thought this was like cliched when like Ted Leo did this song like 10 years ago. Yeah, I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was cliched when they wrote the man in the gray flannel suit back, you know, after the Korean War, right? Like the 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 idea that like, yeah, it's conformity. Society is trying to make you conform, right? And yeah, I guess yeah, like yeah. I, I, thought, guess, I thought it was like cliche when it was mo- uh, the Rolling Stones' mother's little helper, right? <laughs> um yeah, but this is this is daughter's little helper, which is the interesting thing. Like usually you had to wait to be Betty Draper's age until you were ready to start uh you know, to start like medicating yourself into a sense of numbness. Now there there are two uh there are two parts of this song that I ha that yeah. are better to me than the rest. One is a lyric uh um in the the first like St. Vincent verse of this, that's like uh, from healers to dealers and then back again from guru to voodoo and voodoo to Zen. Like mm-hmm. that's a that's a nice little Dr. Seuss, uh, <laughs> yeah. right? Little tetrameter line. Like, you know, it was too cold to play. So we went from healers to dealers and then back again. The cat in the hat said let's sit and do Zen. Um, the, uh, uh, and, and that like, there is a sort of, there's a playfulness in that. And there's kind of like a phonological, um, you know, construction that makes it, uh, that I think makes it transcend the pills, 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 where the, like the, the repeti the repetition is almost a a parody of its own banality. The other one is the end, the end of the song where it really changes. And there's this like, uh, uh, almost like, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to call it. I actually had to look at the first time I saw it. I, I had to look at the phone to see yeah. if the, if the track had changed. Cause I didn't, I didn't know, uh, whether this was the same, the same song or not. Um, and like, this is the, this is the sort of like calling in of all the, of all the overmedicated, right? Like right. all the people, villains, killers, wasted, wretched, scorned. Um, uh, rafter. Oh, climb the rafters. Come out to space. Um, and it's it's a sort of it's an invitation to a kind of unmediated or a kind of un to a sort of ungovernable, un uh, like uh, uh, notionally unmedicated um, experience, right? Like to to go and to kind of come and you know join Saint Vincent and live the non pill. Uh, live the non-pill life, right? Like, um, and that's, that's, uh, you know, and, and it's just like, I don't know, something about the, the, it is a repetition, but it's a repetition that, that, that builds rather than that kind of hammers, you know? Yeah, I think I think so. And I, I again, I think it grows on me as you get to the other things. I mean, I think it's interesting you kind of talk about media pills as mediation and a kind of call to the unmediated, um, because I think that that is I mean, and that's exactly kind of going back to the and, and I guess this is the way and why the St. Vincent is cracked or allowed to crack, because like the St. Vincent identity is also a mode of mediation. Right. Sure. And so um, and so the other songs that are kind of more of these St. Vincent songs um, are reflecting on other kinds of this medication. Right. So on uh, mass seduction and savior, it's 
sexual, right? Um, right, right? The course of mass seduction is, right, mass seduction, um, I can't turn off what turns me on, right? Um, and, uh, and and so it's kind of this this kind of stream of kind of ident- identities and, and desires, right? Um, right, the, uh, there's also some great kind of lyrics there, right? The second verse, smile and nihilist met, angry glass half full, drink in manic panic, sing in boatman's call, teenage Christian virgins holding out their tongues, paranoid secretions falling on basement rugs. Right. Um, and it's just great. I mean, the rhythm, um, the rhythm and rhyme are, are just really good. And, and it, it, again, also has some of that kind of, you know, I mean, all of the kind of St. Vincent identity songs have this kind of dirty Dr. Seuss vibe. Right. Um, and, and I, again, I, I, kind of, I, maybe I've given, uh, uh, to, um, you know, think of that with the kind of strong colors, um, as well. Um, and yeah, actually, I guess the other, there's a, trilogy in addition to the two i mentioned savior and mass seduction sugar boy also right that's the girls and boys song right so it's kind of this boys. kind of meaty girls, girls. <laughs> boys boys <laughs> yeah <laughs> girls yeah uh, uh this kind of mediated um um, sexual kind of desire, um, and, and, uh, right. You know, the, the, the sugar boy, it's, um, got a crush on tragedy, right. Um, and kind of about kind of, you know, desire loss, um, uh, and, and kind of, um, and, and, and kind of whether it's kind of tragic love or kind of unrequited love. Um, and then savior has this kind of is it plays with, um, fantasy, right. Or with kind of the nurse's outfit, um, and the nun's black habit um and then this yeah idea this, this of, is more like history. yeah you we can't turn off what turns you on right like this right, is more right. like where she's becoming kind of instrumental in someone else's uh yep. in someone else's seduction mass seduction right and and the, that it's i mean it's, it's interesting right that it's like and there it's like i i got him trying to save the world and they said girl you're not not jesus <laughs> right um and and so it's like um Right. It's like it's like St. Vincent is being spanked for our sins. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit. Right. And it's I mean, it's there. Right. It's the um, the the uh, the the cover is the the butt double. Right. The, <laughs> uh, right. And, and, and this is like this very interesting kind of thing. Where, the whipping, right, yeah, yeah, the, of, the whipping girl. Right. Yeah, it is. Right. And but it, and it's interesting. Right. Because, you know, um, neither St. Vincent nor Annie Clark um, is the butt uh, of the of the whipping girl. Right. That it's there's a kind of uh, there's there there's a there is a stunt double um, that is brought in. Right. And there's a kind of visual artist who is who appears on the cover. But there is this kind of you know, but Kuleshov effect, right? Because that the other side, the reverse side of the vinyl, um, is, um, St. Vincent poking through the other side of the wall, right. With her head and her like hand with a, um, like a remote control. Right. And so it kind of creates that, um, that sense of that these are the same. Um, uh, but that in fact, there are, are two other sides that are not seen, right. <laughs> the, uh, um, there. And so, um, but it's, yeah, it's all. I feel like these are all this arc, um, and and are of a piece, 
um, with uh, with pills as yeah. well, right? Speaking of Dr. Seuss, like they're, they're and sort of children's things, this is like a mix and match book a little bit, right? Yeah, like you get yeah. the you get the head of one and the butt of the other, and that's uh, you know I don't know that's that's uh, you can switch them if you want. I like this idea of two sides that are not seen. That there's uh, I feel like the album of uh, of studio outtakes or like B sides or something like that is going to be the other uh, the other two, right? The model the artist who made the cover photograph on the head on the back and then St. Vincent's butt on the cover. It's, it's, Jane, it's Jack Antonoff's butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, I think that that's, uh, I think that's, I think that's right. And um, yeah. And so I think these songs and these songs are interesting, right? And, the, and actually all of these songs also are a little more, these are the ones that the, the, the St. Vincent persona here is also a little more princey, right? Like I think both like mass seduction, especially, um, right. Is, is kind of has, a, reminds me in times this kind of, in this kind of, you know, funky guitar, synthy guitar rock, um, is this kind of right? Uh, it, it, you know, could have been a outtake kind of Purple Rain era, era right? It's, that's what it sounds like when doves hump, right? Um, <laughs> a little bit, um, uh, and it's and it's very cool, right? And and, and and I think that this, you know, throughout the album, you know, the guitar is a little less foregrounded, but wh- when it appears, it's in really interesting ways, right? And it's it's kind of um, it kind of unexpected sounds and kind of filters. Or kind of um, you know entering with um, a variety of different kinds of um, instrumentation. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, you know I don't know. I, I listen to this and I think, oh, what a bore to be so adored. <laughs> it, it truly is. It truly is a bore to be adored. Um, but we adore this album, and it's not a bore. Um, it's. I, I think it has, is, is one that has um, rewarded many, many listens. Uh, and and again, I think it deserves its place um, on the uh, on the top ten, many top ten lists of 2017. Um, and so, and it's also one that you know, if you can get your hands on it on, vi- on vinyl and you have a record player, um, pick it up because I think it's it just is a very you know attractive package it's, it's definitely one that and i think beyond kind of seeing the effect of the cover art um and i think it's on a kind of an electric blue vinyl um if i remember correctly from uh, last time i played it that there's just um it's really a lot of fun to have as a physical artifact <laughs> um and so pick it up and and give it some spins um as you uh and kind of you know celebrate as, as you kind of do your um, your nostalgic trip through the New York of the year in music, right? The, the, the best albums of 2017 aren't the best albums of 2017 without you, love. Um, and so already um, start to be nostalgic for the, uh, the, the times and places that are um, rapidly escaping our grasp. Uh, we still have a few more weeks left in 2017. Uh, namely, next week, we are going to ruin Christmas in um dare i say spectacular fashion <laughs> uh, 
uh, in our annual Christmas album uh, episode, which, uh, you know, the stakes, you know, we keep ratcheting the stakes higher and higher and have every year um, since that, um, that the, the, the holidays of 2013. And so we, uh, you know, we, we keep um, putting ourselves through additional feats of feats of strength is actually more of a festivist uh, uh, podcast because there are feats of strength and airings of grievances. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but it, it shall be. It, we have something special in store for that. Um, and then a few more 2017 uh, albums. Maybe we'll hit a few more, um, you know, albums that have kind of uh, made it to the top of uh, top album charts of the year um, that we didn't get to cover when they were released. So stay tuned for that. Um, and whether uh, whether you are the head or you are the butt, just know that you are probably keeping it real. <laughs>